Hi listeners, just a note about this episode, there is a little bit of distortion on some of the audio that unfortunately we couldn't get out in editing. However, you should still be able to hear all the things we have to say about Degrassi, and we're glad you're listening. Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, a podcast wherein four academics who love television recap, analyze, and love and hate on all things popular culture. Right now, we're working our way through Degrassi the Next Generation, taking them two two episodes at a time. Uh, Today, we um, are talking about the two-part... Hi, (laughs) y'all. And take three. Uh, hi, y'all. <laughs> looking at your face on it does not help. <laughs> is this is this your uh, braces impression? What was going on there with the rubber band? Um, it's my <clears throat> necklace. Oh, okay. Take four. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to That Bleeping Podcast, a podcast where in four academics who love television, recap, analyze, and love and hate on all things popular culture. Right now, we're working our way through Degrassi, The Next Generation, taking them two episodes at a time. Today, we're talking about a two-parter, Accidents Will Happen. Uh, Before we start, two things. Spoiler alert, there will be full spoilers as we recap uh, each of these episodes. And sailor alert, we don't care about what comes out of our mouths, so (laughs) hide your baby's ears, I guess. Um, uh, I'm Tiffany Salter. I'm a professor of uh, film studies and English at Bates College. Um, and I teach uh, things like uh, queer cinema and Asian American and Pacific Islander literature, and then other nerdy things like comics and animation. I'm Jacinta. I'm assistant professor of English. Um, I teach film, writing, literature, classes, uh, digital media, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and study television, film, and pop culture as well. I'm Sonic Gabbard. I am a professor at DePaul University in the Department of Women's and Gender Studies. I also teach in sexuality studies. Um, I teach pretty much all classes under the gam- that run the gamut of women's gender and sexuality studies. And my area of focus and research is on transnational LGBTQ plus politics and feminist politics. Um, and I love Degrassi. I'm Brendan Shaw. I'm professor of English at Central State University. I teach a lot of freshman composition. and I also teach African-American and American literature and gender and sexuality studies courses. Today we're going to be recapping Season 3, Episodes 14 and 15, Accidents Will Happen, Part 1 and 2. And just to give you all a little bit of of an idea of how we're going to do today's episode, 
I'm going to recap the A plot in its entirety, and then I'll go over a little bit of the B, the two B plots, because they're actually different B plots. So I like to call this episode or these pair of episodes, everybody's going to eat episodes because we get to see pretty much all characters with an exception of maybe some Hazel. I think there's Hazel in here too. Almost every actor is acting in these two episodes. And we're start, we start the episode part one off with a scene from Make It or Break It, the gymnastics show. Just kidding. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm going to start over again. I'm not going to start over. I'm going to start this part of the over again. <laughs> so we start this episode off with a montage of gymnastics. It's, it splices between gymna the women's gymnast team doing their beam routines and then running to the bathroom to throw up. It's a very COVID-triggering episode when Miss Hakalakis says, everyone stop breathing. What we're to find out in this episode are a few things. First, Manny is a gymnast. Who knew? And she's also the star gymnast on in the Degrassi's or on the Degrassi's gymnastics team. So in addition to finding out that Manny is a star gymnast, we also find out that the news of Manny and Craig's tryst has broken in Degrassi and everybody is turning that rumor mill. In addition to Manny being called a boyfriend stealer by Ellie, we're also, we also see Paige counseling Manny and helping her do damage control in the beginning saying, look, right now you just need to lay low, lean into your gymnastics, which is Manny's approach. That said, Manny gets sick in the middle of English class and she thinks, oh, maybe I'm getting the flu. Emma being her nosy Emma self chimes in and says, maybe you're pregnant, Manny. So turns out Manny's having a pregnancy scare um, she actually seeks out counsel from Spike because she thinks she might be pregnant. Spike gets her a pregnancy test. So Manny gets a pregnancy test from Spike. She takes it. She finds out that she is indeed pregnant. So while all of this is happening, Manny confides in Paige when she thinks she might be pregnant, asking, how do you know if a guy used a condom? Because we find out that Manny is unsure whether or not Craig used a condom. Paige uh, in the bathroom lets her know that he, she should just ask Craig. But this is when Paige finds out that Manny might be pregnant. So while Manny's wrestling and trying to figure out whether or not she's pregnant, Paige decides to start running her mouth and she tells Ashley. Here's the problem with telling a scorned lover that her ex and the woman he had an affair with might be pregnant. When she sees them in public, she's going to make a scene, which is exactly what happened. So when pa when Manny finds out that she's pregnant, she tells Craig, and we'll go into the nuts and bolts of that conversation because there are a bunch of really important Manny-Craig conversations that happen. Craig, instead of doing what I would think would be a natural reaction, which is, oh my God, I, I'm pregnant with this woman, is very excited because as we will remember, and as he brings up later on, Craig doesn't have any parents anymore. So he sees Manny as his, his, his future, as the way for him to have a family, Manny and her 
unborn fetus. So Craig's excited about the baby. He's taking, she's bringing Manny baby name books. He's giving, feeding Manny a lot of milk. He's really aware of Manny. Um, Manny seems to be hemming and hawing. And in the cafeteria, as Craig is going through talking about baby names with Manny, who still seems somewhat uncomfortable, Ashley walks by, sees what they're doing, and decides to make an announcement to the entire cafeteria that Manny and Craig are fucking pregnant. So Manny runs to the bathroom and is crying. We don't see Craig's reaction, really. Uh, who the fuck knows how he feels? And quite frankly, who the fuck cares how he feels? I'll get to that in a second. So Ashley, with her Mary Lou Retton hairstyle, is staring them down, pretty pissed. Manny's in the bathroom crying. Nobody knows she's in the bathroom stall. And Terry and Paige walk into the bathroom and have an aside conversation. Terry is very excited about Manny and Craig being pregnant. She's like, oh my God, it's so cute. And Paige is like, no, 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 this is really stupid. And she does a pretty brutal read of Manny, um, including body shaming Manny's potentially pregnant body. So Manny is just a wreck. Emma comes in and Manny and Emma have a conversation about Manny being pregnant. Emma says, look, girl, come over to my house. Bring Craig if you have to, and we'll just talk about it. The, we cut to the scene with Emma at her house. Manny and Craig are trying to take care of baby Jack. Emma's just kind of watching them fumble around a newborn. And during this scene that we see even more hesitation from Manny. Um, there's, a, there's a moment in that scene where Chris comes and brought, drops a book off and Emma has the baby monitor. And Emma and Chris listen to Manny and Craig trying to change baby Jack's diaper. And Craig's like, baby. And Manny's like, oh my fucking God. So, <laughs> yes. So, and Emma and Chris are like, wow, these two. Okay. But Emma's still very excited about Manny being pregnant and is excited about Manny um, being a teenage mother. Because as we will recall, Spike um, got pregnant when she also was 14. One little tidbit about the, uh, one thing I skipped over was the gymnastics meet when Manny um, blows her beam routine because she's pregnant and she makes eye contact with Craig. She has yet to tell him and uh, she falls off the beam. But the reason I mention that is this scene is when we first get to meet Manny's mother, finally, who's gorgeous, finally. So anyway, I bring that up because Manny um, ends up talking to Spike again, asking her, what was it like to be a teenage mom? And Spike was like, it's really fucking hard. And Manny's like, ooh, okay. So Manny ends up telling her mom um, and presumably her dad, though we don't meet her dad. We also get to see this conversation happening in Manny's house, which is the first time we've been in Manny's house in the whole um, series. So that's exciting. Uh, and Manny's mom cries. And then they cut to a different scene. We find out later that Manny's mom is in shock, but she's also very supportive. Were you going to say something, Brendan? Yeah. So, all right. Again, this is a two episode, so that's why those rundowns pretty lengthy. So 
all in all, what ends up happening is Manny tells Craig she doesn't want to have the baby. Um, she tells her mom, I'm not ready to be pregnant. I'm not ready to have a kid. I don't want to, I don't want to give birth to a baby. I don't want to be pregnant. So her mom counsels her and works with her and they decide, Manny decides that she wants to have an abortion. Guess who's against that? Fucking Emma. So Emma decides because she's Emma, um, that Manny is a bad person. There's a lot to unpack with the Emma Manny conversations, but Emma's livid that Manny wants to have an abortion. Manny, uh, the next day goes to school and she tells Craig, well, he's still like bopping and happy about being pregnant. Um, and she tells him, I'm not going to have this baby. And he does the like, that's my baby too. Uh, and he gets really aggressive and upset and is yelling at her in the hallway. Emma slides in and tells Craig, leave her alone. It's her body. It's her choice. I would be livid if she was a stranger, but she's my friend, which we're going to unpack that too. So the, the two episodes end with Manny going to the, the um, reproductive health care clinic and having a conversation with the OBGYN who gives her the whole rundown on what the uh, what her procedure is going to be like, how she's going to feel, and she, and Annie says, "Well, how will I feel afterwards?" The doctor says, "Some people feel relief, some people cry," um, and Manny said, "I'll be okay." So that's where we are left with these two episodes. Plots, the B plots on both are kind of fun, kind of silly, um, and I'm going to do them quickly. Uh, we have Toby overhearing JT and Jimmy talking about doing a road trip to go see a rapper and go to a music festival. Toby wants in. Uh, JT's like, you don't know them. They are not really that good of friends with you. And Toby's like, I'm going to do whatever I can to get in with Jimmy Brooks again. So there are a couple of little jokes that happen, but Toby tells Jimmy he will help change a bad grade that he has on his transcript in order to get to go to the concert with Jimmy and his buddies and JT. Toby gets caught. Instead of taking the fall, Toby rats Jimmy out. So both Jimmy and Toby have a cumulative detention. Um, and this sets the scene for an upcoming episode. Um, the other B plot is Liberty is working on a project, which yay, finally Liberty. She's working on a project with Sean because um, they were assigned partners. And JT is all in his feels about Manny being pregnant. And it's actually really shitty to her and tells her to get over him. Because if y'all will recall, Liberty has a crush on JT. So Liberty and Sean have a combo about that. Sean's like, girl, you need to get over him. And Liberty then switches her crush gaze from JT quickly over to Sean because Sean talks to Liberty like she's a human being and is actually nice to her. Um, so their project is on something about the night, the history in the 1950s and Liberty shows up one day to school dressed like Olivia Newton, John in Greece. <laughs> because that's how you would try the end of Greece. Um, looking all, you know, cute, uh, pink ladies vibe because Sean obviously is into retro bad girls. <laughs> I think JT is like, what? Are you playing Rizzo in the school play? 
Amazing. So Sean then tells Liberty, I don't like you like that. And it, it looks like it's going to be a really shitty scene because he's telling her that in front of Jay um, and some of the other guys. But he goes up to her a little bit later in the day in class and says, look, I don't like you, but I know somebody that does like you. And he points to his friend whose name I forget, but his towers. That's right. Towers with a Z. Uh, and we get to do one of those classic Degrassi looks through the windy, the window pane and Towers is stroking his chin <laughs> like a missing guy staring at Liberty. And Sean's like, he's apparently into smart girls. And he loved when he said, was it venerable? Veneration. Like, Veneration. <laughs> and mastery. And mastery. So that episode, that B-plot episode ends with Liberty possibly getting her first boyfriend and that being Towers with a Z. <laughs> and that is the very lengthy wrap-up of these two episodes. Let's just save. I, it's like, I, I want to talk about Liberty now, but also, like, let's save it to the end. But, like, also, I just... uh, uh I mean, that's my vote, but we can do it. Yeah, out. no, I think it's going to be everyone's favorite thing. Everyone's favorite thing is going to be Liberty <laughs> playing soccer, chanting, playing Rizzo. So the A plot then. <laughs> yeah, so Manny. Back to Manny. Manny uh, making adult oh, decision. Oh, before we launch into this, I think I mentioned this like several episodes ago that there were some episodes of Degrassi that were not shown in the U.S. originally. So these two episodes were the episodes that were not shown in the U.S. originally. Are they you just kidding? Like, no, they just skipped them entirely. And like, of course, us U.S. View, us U.S. viewers were like, no, this doesn't make sense. Um, so of course, we all watched them online, like the early 2000s video criminals that we were. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> So they didn't actually show them until like two or three years later after the third season. They just wow. skipped it. And we looked, because we looked it up after we watched them yesterday, and the first time they showed them because the cast all got to choose their favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. And they had a day when, and this was Cassie Steele's favorite. Yeah, so she that was the first time they showed it, and then they showed, the, showed it again when they re-ran all the episodes before the sixth season. But yeah, they just they just didn't show them. They just because of the controversial subject matter. Man, the US is the fucking worst. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine being telling young teenage girls that they can have say over their own bodies. That is deplorable. This, this was the time at which I realized that Canadian teen shows were more reasonable because but this also goes back to an earlier conversation that we had which is that Degrassi was not marketed on a teen channel in the US and it was marketed on a youth channel or in Canada but it was in the US so in the US it's on the in slash noggin slash teen nick depending on what year you're talking about and but in canada it's just like on a regular channel with like regular tv shows gotcha okay so cassie Steele playing manny making the tough choices yeah so we meet her mom and I was kind of disappointed because that converse that's not even really a conversation. 
I think it's very generous to say they have a conversation. Manny shares those things. Her mom cries and we don't ever see, like, that's it. Like, her mother says almost nothing. And there's a lot of buildup in the episode, right? That, like, there's, like, some suggestion that their family is either religiously conservative, right? She has a cousin who was sent away. They talk a little bit about her Filipino family. But her mother is like a non-character. Like, I like that her mother's really supportive at the end, but we don't get to see that transform. We spend a lot more time with Spike, right, in this episode, I think, because she assumes it. I don't know. I was a little disappointed we didn't see that transformation and that they built a whole set for us to not really... <laughs> much i don't know maybe other folks felt like that scene mattered more it just felt like nothing really happens in that scene i mean i also think like maybe they realized like late in the game that like we're gonna tell the story but oh she should also have parents <laughs> like, right? like they just sort of got to the point where they hadn't like introduced her parents previously and they're like oh yeah well i so i i agree with everything that y'all are saying but I, I did appreciate the the thing that her mom says is that it's a lot um, because because she's having she's clearly having an emotional response to the news that Manny has just shared with her and and Manny looks at her basically like am I in trouble because she says I'm sorry um, a lot like several times but I th I, I've, I liked the mom's response that it's it's just a lot to take it like I'm. Like the implication being, I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out like how to sort of like respond here. And like, I appreciated that like, you know, she hugs, her, she, she hugs Manny and that she's there. And I, and I do think that like, I understand the impulse for the balance of the focus to be on Spike in this situation as a, a, a figure who can give advice because she was exactly where Manny like is at this moment. Um, and of course it also sort of sets up the the conflict with Emma, but, um, but I mean, I, I also appreciated Spike for saying like, you have to talk to your mom. So, I mean, like you'll be surprised by the response probably. And, and so like, I appreciated all of that. And I'm, and I'm hoping, I'm hopeful. I don't, you know, I don't know if it'll happen, but like, I'm hopeful that we get to see more of Manny's family now because um, when other families have been introduced after not having seen them we get more of them so i'm hoping that that is the case here i, I appreciated what was there and also wanted more i mean she didn't let us down like ellie's mom so <laughs> real though i mean and she also yeah i agree i agree with all of this and I do think that there's a lot of these two episodes playing out at Emma's house, not just for Spike, but also because of baby Jack, because he's the only baby in their orbit. I guess I just, I wished for one more scene to see how they got from this is a lot to I support, because choice comes into the conversation, but we never really see where it came from, right? Nobody's really talking about it. And so as much as Emma is an asshole in this episode, when she confronts uh, Craig, that's like the first time we really hear someone use choice language. Like it's a weird, Emma's use in this episode is very weird because she's like an asshole, but everyone's an asshole to Manny. 
everyone sucks in this in these episodes. <laughs> like everyone except for uh, Manny and Liberty are just like yeah. trash. And Spike, Spike, that's and Spike. And yeah. I think I also think though the Emma thing. We've talked about this before. How she's like you know, feminist in certain ways, but also has like some contradictory impulses about sexuality and obviously like pregnancy and things like that. Like, so I think we see that thread carried through here too. I was I think her job is in this episode is to be the person is to have the viewers say, I might not want to do this thing, but my friend might want to, right? I think that's how they ultimately want her to be positioned. I don't know if it necessarily works, but I think that's what she's supposed to be because everyone else in the episode just leaves it at, I'm just going to judge you point full stop, or I'm going to indulge in this fantasy that Craig is living in, which also, yeah. Weirdly, can I, can I just say quickly, also thinking about the good, the good, quote unquote, good people, Spinner is also the only other person that has like relatively realistic feedback with Craig when he's like, babies are a lot of work. And Craig says, it's not like they're rocket science. Like Spinner is kind of like, yo, like, do you actually know what having a child is like? So I do want to just throw in a Spinner because he's been so shitty lately, but throw in a (laughs) Spinner moment. I mean, he was still kind of like not quite there on the uptake when Craig was trying to be like explaining why it matters to him. Yeah. And and it's like Spinner, like the, the boy has trauma, like <laughs> right there all on his face. If, if I can go back to Emma for just a, a minute, I, I mean, I think that like, I think that th- this sort of moment more than anything else really shows like how how self-centered Emma can be in sort of like thinking through like why issues do or don't matter in particular ways. Because I mean, like clearly like she feels it's a personal attack on her that Manny is thinking about abortion because of her situation and, and her mom. And there's no sort of like, so like in, in other words, like Emma is inserting herself into everyone's uterus, like every 14 year old who gets pregnant, like she is, she is putting herself in there because that is like, that is her situation without recognizing like the relative privilege that, that Spike had uh, and support. And I don't, I didn't watch the first incarnation of Degrassi, but like, uh, I mean, like she, at least like, it seems like wanted to have the baby um and and so like she's not considering like the other factors that go into making this decision she can only see that like manny is 14 years old like her mom was 14 year old years old and if her mom had had an abortion she wouldn't be there and so like this is sort of instead of thinking about like the needs of like uh, young women who find themselves pregnant she is thinking about only herself and and like it's just it was it was very fresh and like I mean, I felt like when she rides in at the end and sort of inserts herself in between Manny and Craig in that um, sort of fight that they're having, um, it just didn't ring, like, I mean, like, it didn't, it was not convincing to me. I agree. I think a Paige moment would have been more on point with the show. Okay, but Paige is worse. This is the thing that (laughs) I had trouble with, is Paige is more of a bitch. Like, she abandons her role as, I think this is my struggle with, Emma is I don't mean to cape for her, but I think that again, she's put, when I wrote like, why do they keep writing Emma this way? Is like, 
they like she didn't have to be in this storyline, but they put her in so that they can get her get the Spike connection, right? Like Spike, like I guess also because Manny goes to Spike. But Paige is awful. Paige starts out in like the mode of being her like mentor. And then she's just like, I'm out. She stirs the pot. She literally, yeah. you see that. She tells Ashley so that the whole thing will go into play. Well, and I think, yeah. you know, this is our reminder of like, you know, there's still some some old page in, in page, right? Like first season page would definitely have like been probably even more brutal, <laughs> honestly. Um, but so she still got like some of those core um things there because i think i think the part where it really switches for Paige is when she obviously sees manny and craig together because she thinks that like oh if it is like a pregnancy scare or something then obviously manny's not going to like continue down this road so then when she sees them like sort of starting down this fantasy road then she's like no, no, not going with that. Um, torch fire. <laughs> We're gonna blow this all up. I well, I wonder. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say to go back to Emma just a little bit. Um, I also, you know, we remember we saw her have a similar sort of reaction when Spike was considering having an abortion as well, right? Um, and I think, like, so we already know that this is like a train of thought that Emma has, right? Um, as far as the end of the episode goes, I mean, the way I see that is like her and Manny have been back and forth this whole season, right? But yeah. despite it all, they are still effectively best friends, right? And so in, in seeing Craig in what seems to be like a threatening posture, right, she is going to intervene, right? Even if she doesn't necessarily personally agree. But that's also why we don't see them have like a moment of sort of resolution after that, because she is still upset about what Manny's doing, but she's also not going to let Craig hurt Manny. Yeah, I wonder too if the page... The Paige reaction, I read that more as her reaction to Craig and not thinking about the collateral damage of Manny. So Yeah, I, but she but she also is talking shit about her with well Manny is like Oh, I over agree. Her. I mean like I mean like with Paige, the telling Ashley, I saw oh, she's that as gleeful. <laughs> But I, I and, and I think part of that could also just be that she knows that Ash is going to probably blow up at Craig. And so, you yeah. know, that that is ideal and not really necessarily caring about what happens to Manny. Because I also think, I feel like this is a little bit like tough love from Paige. Yeah. Like, she's like, okay, you didn't understand it when we had this conversation the first time around. So let's try to like, ah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the convert and what I'm basing it, the Craig reaction on is the conversation when Paige is saying like, look, you, you need to ask him. He should have used a condom. He's not a total idiot. So He's we, semi-responsible. Yeah, that's right. She says, He's semi-responsible. I'm sure he used a condom. So I so Paige is also really pissed at Craig. And we all know Paige has zero tolerance for boy manipulation, except weirdly with Spinner. But with all the other guys, she is <laughs> all the other guys, she's not here for any fucking dude bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, I just I can't with Paige in this episode. I just, I have like at the beginning of my notes for episode 15, I'm just like Paige exclamation point 
three times. Like, why are you being such a shit stirrer? Like, yeah. she just yeah. is, is kind of awful all, all the way through in this. I think I'm not particularly bothered by the gossiping with Terry because that's like normal regular I, I would expect that but like the literal directly going and like spreading the rumor to to Ashley is like okay that's a little bit aggressive maybe not not that <laughs> like that's an escalation that we didn't need and of course because also in this first episode we had seen Manny try to have like a positive interaction with Ashley and be like, you know, I got lied to by Craig too. And like, you know, so then of course that all gets blown up and Ashley goes, Ashley, Ashley is like the, I was told by Apple care lady in the cafeteria. <laughs> when she, <laughs> she, now, now to me, to be fair, Craig is not like remotely stealthy. Like who just whips out a baby book in the cafeteria? Come on. I just found it. <laughs> I cannot wait to fucking read Craig. But yes, you're right. Well, I mean, yeah, like Ashley, I think the the escalation in the cafeteria, obviously, but like I was also a little bit mad at her and and in the way that she just sort of walked away from Manny. Like I understand being angry, but it does seem I always get like weirded out when like people are angrier at the person who was the like outside person rather than the person who actually like cheated on them. Like, because like, clearly like they, like at the beginning of the episode, Manny and Craig are not together. Like, it's, it's not like, it's like, it's not like Craig. I mean, Craig like thought that he was going to end up with Manny after Ashley like busted his ass. But like, um, like, I don't know. I like I was angry at Ashley at the beginning of the episode and I was certainly angry in the cafeteria. I mean, it does seem to undermine the end of the episodes where they have that moment at the Christmas pageant and it mm-hmm. seems like there's a solidarity. Right. And so I think what I was also disappointed in is that there's no explanation of how we got from there to here because in that moment it's very much like fuck Craig, we're in this together. And suddenly it's like now we aren't. I think later when they become all lovey-dovey Right, she really goes nuclear when then it's like they're parading it around, and that to me felt a little. I think telling everyone in the cafeteria is shitty, but also he has a fucking baby book. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like that's what I was saying. Like, I was I was angry at her in both instances, but like I was angry at her at the beginning of the episode. Like she already like was being an asshole at the beginning of things. Well, and also we're getting like snark from Ellie, and like there's just a lot going on here. The scent of a boyfriend stealer. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I mean, that could have also fanned the flames. I do think that between the pageant and this episode, it's clear that the rumor mill has been working a lot, right. and so it also reflects poorly on Ashley. Like, think looking at it from Ashley's perspective. She's probably getting more upset about it as time mm. continues because everybody's talking about her business. Well, and obviously you'd be talking to your friends about it and they're probably like hyping you up about it and all that. Yeah, everyone's gassing Ashley. So of course she's looking out for blood. But like also Craig. 
Yeah, Craig is Craig is like a wild ride in this episode. Like he is like from jump when like Manny is asking him about the like whether or not he used a condom and like clearly like something is wrong and he's like uh what does he say? He he's like um basically he allows himself to believe that nothing is wrong. And we find out later that he thought more about it later, but I mean in that moment he's just willing to just like accept the lie and back away from the situation slowly uncautiously it's it is well Craig before, is so before that in the episode he's like a goofy puppy he's like uh flopping around playing and then also looking sad because manny won't be nice to him and taking his pictures and and being sad but also oblivious <laughs> like it's like Ash and Manny are both still upset and he is like on whatever planet Craig lives on that is separate from <laughs> the planet that they are on. Yeah, his willful naivete is infuriating even at the beginning when he's trying to take Manny's picture for the yearbook and she's he's like, smile. And she's like, no, fuck you. I'm not going <laughs> to smile for your fucking lecherous camera. Like, don't fuck yourself, you fucking creep. He's like some Pin Badgley you vibes during oh, no. that scene. I am not. Oh, woof. Um, creepy I mean, with that camera. I mean, he, he's, I have always thought that him with the camera is creepy from the time that he is photographing Emma when we first meet him. But I mean, at least like in this role or at this moment, he is ostensibly like taking pictures for the yearbook. However, right. that does not mean that like Manny has to smile for those fucking pictures. Right. <laughs> I think like we do, you know. The, once he does let himself realize the truth, I mean, I think that the way that Craig reacts is like very reasonable to Craig, right? Like it makes sense for Craig to go all in on having a family, right? And for Manny to then respond to that positively because we already know she's had these dream love fantasies about Craig. So that all makes sense once he gets like, back on this planet. I was to say, I wrote rude to Joey because the way he describes her <laughs> home life makes it seem like yeah. he has like a faceless foster father. Right. And not, like Joey is a lot of things, but he is 100% great for Craig. And like it's, he is a connection to Angie. Like I, the way he framed it was like, we'd never met this family he's lived with for a year. And this guy who like basically saved him Mm-hmm. No, yes, Craig clearly needs a lot of therapy. Right. But, like, that felt disingenuous. It's It felt very, because, like, he's had an awful home life, but he went from a very rich, abusive home life to a relatively still comfortable home life where he has a lot of freedom. I think part of that, though, is, like, we've sort of talked about before, is that I don't know that Craig sees Joey as a parent, figure so much as like older brother cool guy whose house I live in and gives me free space in the garage like I think that part is still underdeveloped and yeah they should be in therapy (laughs) but that's not what was happening 
Yeah, he doesn't even under, like, it's unclear what his relationship to Angie is even because he and Manny are talking about the baby and he says, Angie's going to have a little sister or brother. And Manny's like, uh, Angie's going to be the aunt. So, <laughs> so, like, Manny's like, do you do you know that Angie's your sister? Well, and I think part of that is also the sense we get, like, when, when Angie was little, Right, her and Craig weren't living in the same household, right? He yeah. was with his dad and she was with their mom. And so obviously they spent time together, but he, it wasn't like a constant presence, which is helps explain why he has no idea how babies work. He doesn't. I mean, it's not rocket science to him. No, I do. I do love when they, yeah, they talk about, I mean, this... Emma is a lot of things in this episode, but the scene of her and Chris listening to them on the baby monitor is hilarious. And Chris refers to it as basic training, right? And just like how the two of them are freaking out. Because I really do think, I mean, Craig on the planet he lives on, as we're saying, it's just another person who's all about himself and really all about himself. And in that conversation with Spinner that you mentioned, Sonnet, like, Spinner is the closest thing the, we see to someone talking about choice before the end of the episode, but yeah. it is still so bro-centered. It's all about like, dude, if you have a kid, you can't go to a kegger, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's a very different version of when Spike is like, having a kid means I couldn't travel and I couldn't do these things. Right. Um, and so it's like, for Spinner and Craig, it's like, whoa, dude, you couldn't go to a kegger. And like at first I was like, oh, Spinner has a point, and then I was like, this is trash. This is not. This but is. I don't. I don't because I don't believe. I believe that if they have a kid together, first of all, how long is he going to stay with Manny? Exactly. Second of all, Manny would take care of that kid, and he would go to a kegger. No, that's very true. I think that. I mean, Craig is so fucking on his own planet that I. I also see that as speaking Craig's language. Like Craig's not thinking about Manny's pregnant belly and being in the classroom, right? Like he's not thinking about the social ramifications that this is going to have on Manny alone. Well, and he even like says when they're looking at what to expect when you're expecting and says, I can't believe you're going to get that big or whatever he says there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, they're, like, like, it's so abstract to him and he cannot imagine what the sort of physical embodied like experience of it is. And also what that sort of embodied experience is going to be for him when he has to like change diapers and help out. Like none of this is real. It's all, it is 100% fantasy um, a sort of family wish fulfillment for him. I was just also going to say, like, um, and we've talked about how Degrassi sometimes does, like, these sitcom plots sometimes. And I definitely, that's what I felt like the uh, Manny Craig with Baby Jack was. Like, oh, yeah, bring the expected teen parents over to deal with a real baby and see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, one more thing about Craig, um, because I do think we need to talk about this, is not just the cluelessness and disembodiedness of Manny's pregnancy, but also when they have sex for the first time, the the language around that really smacked of reproductive sabotage. When he's saying, you said it was okay. And Manny said, I meant it was my first time and it's okay if we have sex. You didn't even ask me if you cannot use a condom. You just assumed 
that you don't have to use a condom. She didn't actually say you just assume that you don't have to use a condom, but he did. And thinking about that as, as an act of, of unintentional, but still a certain act of violence against Manny's body. There's a lot of ellipses here that were not uh, filled in uh, in their conversations, which is something that, you know, Paige snarking as Paige does, but she does say, ask questions first, get naked later, right? Right. Um, Which is like, you need to talk about this stuff before you do anything. And I think at this point, we have more of a working vernacular and verbiage around consent. But Craig did not get any, there were no consequences for Craig to non-consensually not use a condom. And that's one of the things that I'm really, that I wish the episode would have at least highlighted a little bit more because it's all Manny that has to deal with that consequence. Whereas now, 20 years later, we look at that as an act of non-consensual sex. Right? Like we have a language around that now. And speaking of Joey, you would think that that would be an opportune time for them to have a conversation so, in this episode. Like he is the, he's a really like not present parent in this episode. And you think that would have been incorporated in there because, and people who watch the original Degrassi know, I guess Joey doesn't know. So I guess he couldn't have this conversation that same way. But in the reason he already talked about how he cheated on Caitlin with Tessa. But if you watch Degrassi School is Out, he actually gets Tessa pregnant. She doesn't tell him and she has an abortion. So like at at the very least, having some kind of conversation about condoms. That would have been been useful. (laughs) We could have taken a scene out with Spike and put that in. I think that would have been so much more useful because the only consequence Craig's faces, quote unquote, is not getting to have his fake family. But like that isn't even fully fleshed out. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Is is Craig going through all of this, like not having like spoken to Joey at all? I mean, like, is he living this fantasy life and buying baby name books? Like, without, <laughs> like... It's very feminine focused right as much as we land on something that might feel empowering it really is about it's it makes sense on the one hand that manny first talks to spike that makes sense to me and then however we feel about emma emma i mean before emma goes nuclear there is this like she's doing a lot for manny she like lets him bring craig over Let's her bring Craig over to her house after like one of their flashpoints was that whole hooking up in her bed, right? <laughs> she gets the baby book out. There's just all this thing where like women have to talk to other women. Also, Paige is doing some of that, but there's no the only conversation Craig has with another guy is Spinner. And if you're gonna have anyone <laughs> here, like at least like Spinner, Spinner is not your man in this particular instance. No, right, and then like, you don't really have to have conversations. Like, if give the he, coach, give whatever. If he had that conversation with Jimmy, at least Jimmy could have, like, gone through with some, like, real logic. But Spinner's like, kickers! <laughs> like, what are <laughs> But again, Craig, Craig's motivations are so base that I don't even think Jimmy would have gotten through with him. I think a Kager yeah. is one of the few things that would have actually gotten through to Craig. I don't know. A Kager, if you will. Hey. Um, let's not bring that back. Hey. 
Um, so these B plots, should we uh, hit those up? Yeah. Real quick? So, okay, the Jimmy and Toby B plot. Uh, Toby. Toby. Oh my God, like, Toby. 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 Oh, okay. He called in my notes, it says Jay, uh, Toby tries too hard again. <laughs> yeah, he's trying so hard. And Jimmy is being such an asshole. Like, Jimmy is being a terrible, like, usually I am very pro Jimmy. In this particular instance, like, he is just being plain awful to Toby. I hated him. I hated him in this episode. I hated and, him. like, like, you know, I think that, like, Toby talks to JT about how they used to be friends. And, and JT's like, yeah, but, you know, he was dating your sister then, or your stepsister. And, um, yeah, but, like, to totally just, like, drop somebody. I mean, like, if you were being friendly out of, like, convenience or niceness to your girlfriend, like, fine. But, like, don't be just such a terrible person to to Toby after that. I don't know. I just, like, it doesn't make sense with, like, the rest of Jimmy's character. I don't think from Jimmy's perspective they were friends. And I think that that matters <laughs> to the situation because I think sure. Toby, Toby thinks they were friends and Jimmy does not think they were friends. And that is sort of the basis of their interactions. But it's also because anytime Toby does try to interact, it is absolutely absurd. It is like, I'm trying to talk about rappers and I don't know nothing about rap. And I'm like doing all this stuff and it's like, Jimmy is trying his hardest not to yeet Toby across the cafeteria. <laughs> well, and Toby's like Toby's casual like adoption of like black vernacular is like oh really. I mean, a black power fest. No, yeah. I'm going to kill you. I'm literally going to shave like, you. <laughs> so I mean, like Toby's like also doing everything wrong, but like I just they're they're both the, no one's working it. Yeah, the part where I get kind of messed up with this is I thought we already settled this thing about how JT's friends weren't his friends, but yeah. now we got to go back through this again to to take another run at it. And and JT's like more or less ambivalent about this, except that he gets roped into this computer hacking plot <laughs> against. Okay, him. so the Ethernet the Ethernet drama is delightful. And then no, it's in the library it's and. He's crawling around with Ethernet cable and fun, <laughs> and that's delightful. That was worth it for me. You wouldn't have this problems if there was Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, and Ms. Kwan, like, uh, just, like, catching them and clearly sniffing out the fact that they're – she can't figure out what they're doing, but she knows mm -hmm. something is wrong, and she's like, y'all are moving to the table in the center of the room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She um, needs to be able to see them on all sides. So. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly they're doing some shit. She doesn't know what the shit is. Now, the part where Jimmy, like, I found Jimmy particularly annoying because it was like he wasn't thinking things through logically. So it was like, oh, you need to fix this now in this computer, in this room with all these windows. This is not sneaky. This is not how we do after, this. After he shoved <laughs> him against the wall. I mean, that, like, little act of violence was alarming from Jimmy. But, I mean, I, to go back to this, you don't have to be friends with Toby thing. I do think – I. I I feel for Jimmy in not wanting to be friends with Toby. I feel for, I mean, I already have issues with people who are over familiar with me. And if someone called me Saunders, like 
<laughs> Toby, Toby calls Jimmy Jimmers. I would be like, I'm sorry, I don't know you. But I agree, he handles it terribly in terms yeah. of, of just overreacting. But I mean, there is a very strange, like you were saying with Toby doing black vernacular, Toby pretending like he likes rap. I mean, it's it's yucky. It's also like some serious white privilege shit happening. Can you imagine if you bring Toby along to this concert, what's going to happen during this trip? He's gonna and dress like concert, <laughs> It's going to be terrible. He'll try okay. to drive like John, like borrow his dad's oversized like Carhartt jacket or some shit like that. I did think it was silly that he's like, "How could you rat me out?" I'm like, "Well, he was changing your grade." <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, when Radish catches him, it's just open on there. But like, only Jimmy has an eighty-eight or eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight on his like. Like, whatever. Like, get over it. Like, that's when it felt bullying. Like, I think the Black vernacular stuff is true, and I do think it ends up being white privilege I think it's really just Toby... Toby just wants male bonding, I think, and this seems to be the vehicle for it. But that was so dumb to me. I was like, come on, Jimmy. You... I don't know. I mean, I think the cool, cool guy cool thing to do in the high school realm of thinking would have been to just take the fall for it right to not to yeah. just say you were doing it of your own free will because they can't prove he wasn't right they can't prove that jimmy was a part of the plot unless toby tells them right toby could have been like i'm changing everyone in the class's grades like i really hate whoever that teacher was and so i'm fucking with them <laughs> So what about Liberty? Liberty. Oh, my gosh. My, first of all, Liberty. I love that we, we, we haven't had a Liberty-centric situation oh. in a while. I'm sad that it's only a B-plot. I lost my shit so hard. I was like <laughs> bellowing laughing when she came onto the screen in that outfit. I like it was I was watching it at night. It was like 10 o'clock and I was laughing so hard and loud. I know my neighbors hate me right now. And it's fun <laughs> because it was worth it. It was just Liberty's looking over the glasses. Looking <laughs> over the glasses. Liberty's plots. Liberty's plots are always just completely off the wall. Like either she's some sort of coach dictator, or <laughs> she's cosplaying Greece, or like pretending to be JT. Like God, <laughs> like she's all in. She is so unself conscious about all of it, and I and I fucking love it. Like she just she is a thousand percent at whatever she does, and if that means that that's a thousand percent of like trying to seduce Sean in the only <laughs> way that she knows how, which is to be a quote unquote bad girl um but like a bad girl from the 50s like i am here for it i support you follow your bliss follow it your feels, cosplay happiness it feels like liberty went home and went to the like blockbuster picked up all of the bad girl movies she could find and was like yes this is the way because you know liberty studies so she's like this That's is true. this is how we do it right this is how how we make it happen and it's just like, but 
No, you see, she's someone. She's someone who should be in Kwan's weird ass theater class. Like she yes. should be in that. Class. Yes. Yeah, she whatever it takes, Liberty is like there for it. She goes she there. The lingo. She does. She has when it, I wrote it down, you're James Dean and I'm just some square girl. No one even asks to the sock hop. Oh, like, that's what the it to Beaver is going on here? They're studying the fifties. Okay, wait. Does does Jay say that? Who says leave it? Oh, JT says it, right? Yeah. Let, leave it to Beaver. Yeah. Uh her her idea of an ideal date with Sean. Can we talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> going down to the ravine. Well, cutting class, going down to the ravine. Um, getting a five-finger discount at the local convenience store. Tony <laughs> Jay is like... <laughs> I love how Jay side-eyes them, and yet let's be real. Their stealing is the most, like... <laughs> Demure stealing. Remember, they just like we're going to steal moon pies from the register. Right. I know. No, and 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 like Sean, you know, Sean, he goes through his ups and downs. But in this episode, he's like trying his best. I think to be like reasonable with Liberty, like her newfound attention to him, and and, and like when JT, you know, says you're gonna have to be brutal about it, and then he does ultimately come around and hook her up with towers, which we could talk more about. But, um, I think Sean is actually pretty cute with how he talks to Liberty. Like I I don't like you, but you know that's somebody else does. <laughs> The show can only have so many interracial relationships. They have a quota, right? That was part of what felt weird about that too, was I was like, Towers, I, it was very weird to me. And what, I was like, you don't want Liberty to, with Liberty. You don't want to hit Liberty to hook up with the other black man with things on his head? <laughs> well, I know. It's I was like, okay. Towers. These are the options that we have. Okay? Uh, or Jimmy, Jimmy. We are not counting Jimmy here because Jimmy gets to have all the other relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And Jimmy's mm -hmm. not going to hook up with Liberty. So <laughs> these are the options. Also, when Liberty says to Sean, I'm edgy, I'm on fire, and Sean says, you're about as edgy as a butter knife. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. It's I so lived. Good. I lived. A real classic, that one. Um, and I think, I mean, you know, as as much as we might enjoy Liberty and as much as we might not want her to get her feelings hurt, I mean, I do think there is something for J to be said for JT being like, look, girl, let me alone. <laughs> like, leave me alone. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he says he says something about it's been three years, and like, I'm I'm clearly not interested in you. Like, it's time for you to move on, and it it is brutal. But it like he has also said it before, and she has refused to listen uh, on multiple occasions. It's true, but she's so good at planning her dates. Like with JT, <laughs> she asked him to go to a Three Stooges film festival. That she was did. Adorable. Oh. It was adorable. It's so good. I would like to go to the Three Stooges festival myself. However, <laughs> it was also like very un un self conscious in the asking. Right? She didn't seem nervous. Mm -hmm. I didn't even really realize it was a date that she was trying to get him to go on. She should know that JT just wants to go see DJ Mad Bullets with Jimmy. 
Or as Toby calls them, DJ Crazy Guns. God. <laughs> See, this is why we can't. We can't take you anywhere, Toby. Because you're going to say something like that. And it's going to be, that's a wrap. See, that's if it were Liberty, she would know. She would not only know that it's DJ Mad Bullet, she would have his entire biography on lock. That's true. She would that's know the true. entire discography. Mm -hmm. She would request that in karaoke. She would mm -hmm. know him in and out. Mm -hmm. Be able to name all of the samples, like, right. like just like she would. She would do all of the research. She does her homework. This is why Jimmy should get with Liberty. Yeah, that's that's no. that's. No. I don't think that's in no. the cards. But no. No. that's bad. And I mean, I th I think like <laughs> like no, Liberty just when. When they're having that initial, when Liberty and Sean are having their little confrontation on the stairs, like we we see, and you, or when she shows up at school, you know, Towers is giving her some looks in the background. She <laughs> doesn't necessarily notice the looks, but he's giving her some looks. Of course, she's not noticing because she has the biggest blinders. Again, with what Tiffany said, she goes a thousand percent. Like she's mm -hmm. not looking at anyone else in this moment. Favorite things? I mean, Liberty. <laughs> right? Like we're all gonna say Liberty. There, there are so many good lines that we've already talked about. But mm -hmm. one of my other ones is when Emma says, "You know me. I'm always doing something." And I was like, <laughs> "You are always doing something. That is the problem <laughs> with you. You are always doing something. You need to do less. Do." Less. Yes. It, okay, so I have a very specific Liberty moment that I enjoyed, other than the, the entrance. But like when um, Sean tells Liberty to move on, she's this little quirk like of her lips. Is, she gets this little smirk and like, you know, automatically that like, it's like she went from focusing over here to focusing <laughs> directly on Sean in like a split second. And she's just like, I'm going to go hard in the paint for this. this is, I'm here. Uh, so I enjoyed the little the good acting of the tiny little smirk that tells you everything you need to know to set up the next scene we see her in. Um, I have two things. The first is when Manny is about to ask Paige a very serious question about Craig using protection and they're in, they're in side by side stalls. And <laughs> she says, hey, Paige. And Paige like hands her toilet paper under the stall. And Manny says, no. And Paige is like, just take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says it'd be better. It's probably better if there were more women as women as custodians. Exactly. <laughs> that was I loved that little bit of comedy. Um, and then my second thing was that Sean gets interested in history when he finds out that the U.S. started importing Japanese cars in 1958, and then he it piques his interest. And he's like, "Ooh, history." <laughs> this is how students learn. We just gotta find the place of interest. Student-based learning, yep. Uh, I I wrote, I think it's Spinner who says no schlebagel when they're having <laughs> a conversation about uh, the fact, like when Spinner gives his advice, the, the choice conversation we discussed, he says no schlebagel, and thank you, thanks to the subtitles, I was able to write it down and how to spell it. Uh, the other thing is when uh, Craig says careful in science, to Manny when they're like parting ways <laughs> and like it's really gross but it's also hilarious that like 
He's like, what does he think is going to blow up? Like what? Like he doesn't really, he doesn't want her to get big, but he doesn't want her to like, I don't know, have a side. Also, does Paige have new hair in these episodes? Because it's not great. There's like little pieces. You know whose hair front. is not great is Ashley's. I, I said Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou, if Mary Lou Retton meets a Karen, that's what it is. Oh, it's fuck. Like Kate, that's Kate a bird. Gosling, Kate Gosling, Mary Lou Retton, and like I mean, Jacinda did say the Apple Care lady. Yeah, so yeah. It all, yeah. No. Uh, also, we didn't really talk about this, but I, it is relevant for the conversation to note that. Amy broke up with Sean for someone she met at motocross. <laughs> so Sean is currently single, oh, which is how this all ends up happening, which is going to be relevant going forward. But Sean <laughs> says, I hope she likes mud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, can I one other quick favorite thing is just like how when Liberty shows up in her uh, pink lady garb, uh, she asks Sean, "You like?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who are you, so Liberty? Good. I and know. We also, already talked about this a little bit, but why is Craig plying Manny with milk like she's a cat? Like, <laughs> I already okay. had one. So, just for the record, okay. having a baby is not rocket science. Growing a baby apparently is rocket science. To and rocket science could be dangerous to your baby. Exactly. So be careful. Exactly. Drink milk. Avoid <laughs> science. <laughs> uh, uh, what are our predictions, Tiffany? Uh, I mean. Obviously, Craig is going. This isn't over, and I feel like this is this is going to come back. This show and the way it works is this 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 choice is super empowering, and I like the ending of this episode a lot. Like I think we were saying before we started recording, like I love that. Sometimes on TV, when they do include abortion scenes, there's this like scene of like the woman's face, and there's like a pain in plot, and they don't go into that like. The woman is very emphatic. Like it might just feel like cramps. You've had cramps before, essentially, right? And for the timing, right? It's sort of so. But this is because of the way the gossipy nature, especially it's escalating in this season. This is going to come back. It's going to come back. Someone's going to snark about it, and it's going to land on Manny. Unfortunately, I just feel like that. More with hopefully Liberty and Towers on a lighter. <laughs> yeah. Um. So kind of similar to what you were saying about the fallout of all of this. I actually was wondering also about the fallout for Ashley. Um, not that I think, not that I'm like giving her sympathy, but I, I, I'm just curious to see like what people's sort of reaction to her is because like she already like after season one sort of went through this like isolation and that has sort of social isolation. And I, I, I feel like, I, I don't know. I, I just like, I'm trying to figure out like what Ashley's role in this cast is these days, because like, it's, it's been kind of weird since season one, you know, we've seen her go through a lot of sort of different um, iterations of like isolation or outcastness. Um, but that's a big, bold move to make. <laughs> Um, and I know that it was a moment of anger, but like, I, I just like, I'm interested to see what ends up happening with her socially 
that, that was a long way around that. But like, I, I'm just like, this is, this is just a big move to, to do in a, in a moment of anger, but it's so public and it's so vindictive. Um, uh, and I know it's done out of hurt or whatever, but like, it also is really shitty. Well, we'll see more to come. Yeah, when when we talk about it later in the future and stuff. (laughs) As opposed to the past? Because we go there. The 1950s, if you will. Yeah, 1958, coming at you. It's a good year year for cars. Yeah, whatever it takes to get us there. Bye. You can find us on Twitter at That Bleeping Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at That Bleeping Podcast. Listen and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now. Please rate and review us, share us on your social media, and help other fellow Degrassi nerds find our shenanigans. Shout out to Chris Robley for the use of his song Anonymous from his fifth solo album, The Great Link Believer, as our theme music. Learn more about Chris and his music at Chris Robley, that's R-O-B-L-E-Y dot com. And follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Robley. As always, thanks for listening and listen for our next episode in two weeks.